Are you looking for new books to read? Do you like finding a new special author? Are you tired of the same old books from the same old authors? Well then, welcome to Discovered Wordsmiths, a podcast where you can hear from fantastic new authors. Join Steven Schneider as he finds and talks to authors you may not know, but authors that have worked hard to write great new books. Hear about their book and why you should check it out. So sit back and listen to today's Discovered Wordsmith. All right, so let's move on to some author talk. Before we get on to a good topic about the podcast and radio, tell me a little bit about some things. You're on book 13. What are you doing different? What have you learned over 13 books? Okay, 15. So in the time we've talked, you've gotten two more books out. The Hunter series is 13. Then we have 15. And actually, I have a poetry book thrown in there, too. Okay. So what have you uh, learned over the series? How to relax and let the stuff flow. I don't try to shove stuff in that doesn't belong. That's a great lesson to learn, and it's a hard lesson to learn. Yes, I agree. And uh, But I now have learned that if the story isn't coming to me easily, move on to another story. Maybe come back to that one. Maybe not. It just depends. So now, You mentioned letting it flow, don't putting in things that don't belong. It's interesting you say that because uh, you mentioned you're a musician. I also have played music most of my life. Not as much anymore. I'm getting back into it. But I was just chatting with some old bandmates and we were talking you too and about how the bassist is very subtle in what he plays. His bass lines are not complex. They're not all over the place. And he leaves room for the rest of the music to breathe. And that's rare. Right. We were just coming. And that's a skill in any creative endeavor. Same with a painting, uh, music, writing. Right. You know, so it's, it's interesting you say that. I like that. I used to play bass. So that's um, what I play. I love bass. All right. Yeah. I had, I had an old uh, Fender bass, pre-64 CBS. Oh, man. Uh, those are the best. Oh, my God. It it was such a clean instrument. It just played so fun. But uh, mostly we did, uh, the band I played in at the time, it was a rock, well, I played in two bands. And this was a, a one set rock group that we put together for shows only called Back Talking. Okay. And uh, I played bass. And uh, in fact, I had the, when they put together the band, uh, a guy named Irish McKinney said, you're a bass. I said, I don't play bass. And he goes, you do now. These are the strings. Here's the frets. A friend of mine gave me the, the basics, and from there I took it on. I was, al- I was already a really good finger picker and a really good guitarist, so picking up yeah, the bass I, wasn't that difficult. Right. But I was the band banjo. Was in, we were all musicians. Uh, I played piano. Most of us played piano. We'd been in band together for eight years, so yeah. yeah I played that <laughs> too. I played piano, banjo, bass, guitar, nice. 12, six and 12. You know. well, I'm working on guitar. Those little strings are so close together. It's oh, hard for are. me. <laughs> they are. And I'm actually trying to get back into it. In fact, I haven't played in about four years, and my I lost all my calluses. Yeah. Now I'm going to pick up a classical guitar because I'm a wuss. And I want the nylon strings. Yeah. Something that's like a rip your fingers <laughs> apart. <laughs> exactly. So, so um, when you're writing, Jim, what yeah. do you use to write? What software services? What's your writing I I just use a desktop computer um, and Word. Okay, that's I just use Word. 
I pre-format okay. my pages to give me an idea where I'm at. And we write everything in, in six by nine. Okay. You know, I just pre-size them. So I always know where I'm at in each page. And so I, and so I, I never have to worry about, okay, how many pages have I got now? Because I'm on eight and a half by 11, uh, you know, right. 12, point, 12 point times New Roman, double space. Now, I don't, we, I, I don't do that. I, we ask our writers to do that. I don't do that. Right. You know, but I just use Word and I upgrade it whenever upgrade comes. I just, you know, keep yeah, yeah, it's pretty much automatic now. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, it's one of the best word processors out there. So you might as well use it. But what do you do to What do you do to market your books? We do them. Um, we have a little marketing section on our website. In fact, Richard's working on that today. There'll be uh, there's a little store on the website which will be opening probably I think this weekend. We do um, Facebook. We do through well, we do press releases through Mickey. Word of mouth. If you're not if you're not willing to go out there and shamelessly self-promote don't write right and don't give up your day job for god's sake don't give up your day job so you know, if you think you're gonna write a book and get paid <laughs> i got a hot flash for you you might get paid it's just not it going maybe. to be the, the gold bathtub pay see i hit a home run with jonah blue because jonah blue got picked up by two colleges in la and they use it in their history course because of the research i did wow. in so that's awesome so, uh, that's, but that's rare, you know? and that's eighty books a semester. So it's something that's nice. It's yeah, it's it's, it's respectable. Yeah. So I, I got to ask: Is that a rifle in the background? It looks like a long barrel, something. It's hard to right see. Here? Yeah. Yeah, that's a uh, that's a Kentucky rifle. Nice. That uh, good story with that is my my best friend. I, I met him in Vietnam in nineteen sixty nine, and. He was in the Marines and I was in the Army. We have remained friends to this day. He was a rifle maker called Fox Bluff Rifle Works in Tennessee. And I got the very first rifle he made 100% in his shop, board the barrel. That I have the first one and I have the last one. That's the last one. Nice. My son That's has beautiful. the first one. But he made the rifles for the three main characters, last the Mohicans. Really? Yeah. And oh, nice. Uh, yeah, and he delivered them to South or North Carolina where they were filming the movie. And each principal got two identical rifles to use. And at the end of filming, they were going to present one to each character. And they were all gone. They were stolen, all six rifles. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I know. $60,000 worth of rifles ripped. Wow. These, those rifles were ten grand a piece. Wow. But that's a lot of work. That's a lot of work. Yeah. You know, because he did all the, he did everything in his shop. He did everything, poured the steel, just did everything. The man That's was the cool. magician when it came to guns. That's a, we were talking creativity and stuff. There's another, that's very creative to, absolutely, and rifles and any of that metalwork, woodwork, and all of that. Yeah. Unfortunately, um, Agent Orange got to us and he has developed Alzheimer's. And so, He's, uh, he lives in uh, Nebraska now and slowly going away. And it, is, it is what it is. Anyway. Let's move on to author discussion of topic of interest. You uh, also run a podcast and I it do. is part of a radio show. So tell everybody a little bit about that whole setup and what you do for the podcast. We, 
we have a live radio show that goes out uh, weekly at 6 p.m. Pacific time on uh, LA Talk Radio. It, it is a dot com. It's, a, it's an internet radio station, but we go out and it is, uh, we talk to authors, uh, screenwriters, playwrights, songwriters. We talk to anyone who has anything to do with the written word. And um, we're, our show is 50 minutes. And it's our guest is the entire show. We don't we don't cut them short ever. Well, we did last week because the guy who wrote our, our opening music was an old musician friend of mine, Rick Gilman, and he passed away the day before the show last week. And but he had generously donated two two pieces of music to open our show with. And so, and and I'd known Rick for forty two years anyway. Wow. But we don't we don't skimp on the writer. We let them talk about what they want to talk about. We try to get them. To give away their trade secrets. What's what's your what? When do you like to write? What's your favorite time to write? What do you do if you get writer's block, and how do you get out of it? Just your process. What's your process? Because we we give our show towards new writers, so new writers, a lot of them listen. I like you know? that because that's what this is focused on: new writers right. that aren't on the USA bestseller or hobnobbing with Stephen King on the weekends and stuff. We we deal with, uh, with New York Times bestsellers. We deal with uh, worldwide, world known bestseller writers. We've had, like I said uh, earlier, John Sanford's been on the show. Craig Johnson's been on the show. Nice. We've had the Pulitzer Prize winners on the show. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and and my wife does all the booking, and we have we're booked now through March of next year. Wow. So why did you choose to do something like this as opposed um, to anything else? I, my co-host, my original sole co-host, Bobby Jean Bell, she had a show on around the town, around in Santa Clarita, California. And every time I knew, came out with a new book, she would have me on her show and we would discuss the new book. And um, then they canceled her show or around the barn. I'm sorry. Then they canceled her show. So uh, we got together a couple two, three weeks later and over some, everything gets done over margaritas and chips and salsa. That's the way that we sat around with some margaritas and chips and salsa and thought, I said, look, Bobby Jean, I said, why don't we start a radio show of our own? We call it The Writer's Block. And we get it on LA Talk Radio. I've already talked to Sam, who owns the station, and he's more than agreed to let us come in and take up an hour of his week. And we, we put it together and we started the show. It started four months later. Wow. Yeah, that's how most of them seem that's what this was i was thinking about it thinking about it and then i finally just told my son i said hey uh you've got a book out let's just do an interview see how it goes and i'll go from there next right. thing i know it's two years later <laughs> exactly and it takes sometimes you have so much trepidation do i pull the trigger do i not pull the trigger is this going to be any good right yes and that that's the main thing and it turns out that it is good and and people love it and the writers love it because we get to talk about things that they don't get to talk about. And one of the things oh, that we cool. do that most shows don't do, nothing against you, Steve. But, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I'm going to say something against you here. <laughs> no, but we made a commitment that um, every guest that is on our show, we read their book. Okay, got it. I read a book a week for a, new, for a writer that's going to be on my show. And, and I don't always read for enjoyment. In fact, none of us read it for enjoyment. We, we, we have to see to. To, to to see what their writing styles are like, and so we can ask pretty questions. And we, 
I understand and appreciate that totally. And that's something I know a lot of my author friends talk about wanting to do a podcast or some of them do it and some of them hesitate. They're not sure. It's work. It, it's not uh, always, oh, it's a half hour each week. No, there's other things you got to oh, do. There's man. maintenance. And that's one of the things I knew I couldn't do because I have a day job. I have my own writing. I have a family. I still wanted to do the podcast as a writer service. It's a uh-huh. niche I saw it needed. I felt I, I could do this to offer to other writers and help them. Sure. But I knew I could not read a book a week uh, and do everything else I was doing. So I just didn't make that commitment, which is not good or bad. It's just different. And I think right. you know, writers well, sure. need to think about that. But yeah. When we want them to, to just relax and have a good time on our show. Right. We, we tell them, look, because I call every writer the Tuesday before their show is on. And I, we talk about the show. Have you listened to it? If not, you may want to listen to at least one episode before the show goes on on Thursday. Get a feel of what we do. I mean, because it's primarily controlled chaos. <laughs> and because we have three people that are distinct personalities that are co-hosts. And all of us are have good senses of humor. And all of us will, will just jump all over each other. Never our writers, but but each other we do all the time. <laughs> and but it, it we have fun, and I'll sit here sometimes if I'm having a, a croaky day. I'll have a glass of bourbon in front of me. And we recommend: look, if you're going to be on my show on Thursday, grab a glass of wine, sit down, relax, have fun. Where your friends were in your back porch would just be essay. Right. That's yeah. all we're doing, and <laughs> that's how the show is. So why? And I'm asking you this. I have my own answers. Why make a decision to spend your time talking to people, recording, doing, putting a podcast out? And that doesn't make money because these usually don't make too much money unless you get some sponsors after a thousand shows or something. Why choose to do that? We have sponsors. Uh, We're we're sponsored by um, LA Talk Radio is one of our sponsors. Creative Edge Publicity is another one of our sponsors. And Black Dog Publishing, Tuskegee Bay Books is another one of our sponsors. Of course, it it does help get out your publishing a little bit. Absolutely. We get everything out. And if we want to talk about a new book we got coming out, it's our show. We can do that. (laughs) So, it's, but no, you don't make money at that. It's strictly a service to the writer. And I'm sure you know that. And we have, we have a good time with them. I, we only had one writer that was really bad. His writing was phenomenal. His writing was exceptional. But his wife had died two weeks before he was on the air. And all he could do was talk about his dead wife oh oh. My God, for an hour. Oh, I wanted to shoot myself in the head. Uh, oh, and, and romance novels. Oh, we had like seven in a row. Oof. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I, I told my wife is the one who books our show. She's known as the bookie. I tell you, one more, one more romance novel. I'm going to go in the bathroom and shoot myself in the head. I'm just going to. I, I can't read another romance novel because they're all the same. Well, they're, yeah. they're, they're formulaic, and it's handsome guy, beautiful woman, have sex, don't have sex, get pissed off, leave, come back, have more sex. Now, it's like they send out this big long thing, and the, the women just fill in the blanks. Right. Uh, Change the name to protect the innocent. There's something to be said for that too. That's what people want. The readers yeah. of that style. Absolutely. Women, women, especially because yeah. you can get through them in a hurry. Right. Yeah. And they, they eat them up. So 
yep. more power to you if you can write that style and fit in. Oh, yeah. So do you, you, have you thought of like, you said you have an, a whole year's worth of people booked. So obviously it's popular. You're helping out the writers. Do you listen to many other podcasts yourself? I, I do when they send them to me. Okay. I do. And when I go on their websites before I put them on the show, if they have a podcast, I'll listen to maybe one or two of them. Kind of get an idea where they are. If they'll send it to me, Vicky will send me a podcast to listen to before the writers are on our show. So yeah, we do listen to other podcasts. There are so many podcasts, but you can't cater to them all. Where do you draw the line? Yeah, and that's a, a definite consideration. If someone wants to start a podcast, right? How do you fit in? What what's your? And I don't want to say angle, but you got to have that. Some you have, have to have a niche. Yeah, and if, if you don't, then don't do the podcast because it's just another thing. Yeah, ours is live. It goes out live, which is unique in our industry. But we, the podcast is available the next day if you want to download it and listen. And then Richard, because we do everything on Skype, because. That, I want to see who I'm talking to, like we are right now. So I, I, we do everything on Skype, and then Richard takes records the entire show, and then he puts commercial breaks and all kinds of funny little crap in there. And we have a video that goes out as well. So we have the pod, we have a live, a live show, a podcast, and a video. So, so you you chose to do an interview type of show because that's the other consideration. Uh, right. I know some people listen to interview shows, but there's craft podcasts and there's various styles and what you can do and learn. So with 13, 15 books, you could have done a craft one. You could have done one where you focus on writing and craft, right. more like Joanna Penn or something uh, where she has a lot of that, but also some interviews. That what Was, was there any big thinking? Let's do interviews with new authors as opposed to craft and publishing you could have done that too we do a couple of those shows a year we do a publishing show in fact we just had one um last september we had one it turned out really good and we like i said we do a couple of those a year we're going to have another one i think in july this year we're having another one on strictly in publishing and uh, yeah i don't we do get into that but i i, I want to give this author also a chance especially new authors to come in and talk about authors love to talk about themselves let's face it <laughs> if you can get them talking you've won the battle right you mentioned the author and i'm not blaming him not his fault he was in a bad headspace to be doing an interview talking about his wife totally get that right uh, but for me I, I put some recommendations on my website because you always get those new authors and i understand I I have a lot of authors who say, I have never been on a podcast or interviewed. I'm so nervous. And I get a lot of that because they're new authors. That's the right. idea. Uh, right. But that, that would be my biggest advice is relax and just chat because I'll say, yeah. so tell me a little bit about yourself. I've always wanted to write. My first book is about this and then it does this. And they tell me the whole story in 10 minutes about their book. And then right. they look at me and I'm like, I hope you have a great day. It's like, where do I go? You got to try and <laughs> just relax a little bit. People yeah. read books as much for the book as they do the author. And when you're on an interview, they want to know the author. So if they right. like you, they'll read the book. Uh, Absolutely. So, Absolutely. It also helps if you have a good book. Yeah. that. Uh, it's, it's, it, 
it, it's funny you bring that up because I was on another uh, interview on Monday. Jennifer Perry, Madam Perry's whatever it is, salon, I think is what it's called. And she said, so tell me about, can a bad writer write a good book? I said, sure. A good writer can write a piece of crap, too. It's all going to depend where their brain is when, they're, when they sit down at the typewriter or they sit down at the keyboard. And that's very subjective, too. A lot of people hate Stephen King. A lot of people hate Tolkien, the long, drawn-out descriptions. I, I like some of that. What I don't like is King's endings most of the time. Yeah, I, I gave up on Stephen King after The Shining. Oh, wow. The Shining was its one of my top three books of all time. Oh, me too. Me too. Salem's Lot, too, is right up there. Yeah. I, 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 yeah. I have learned over – and one of the things that I did learn in writing is that you can be very descriptive and not be page long. Yes. Sometimes all it takes is a short paragraph. Yes. And if it works that way, don't make it flowery because if you make it flowery, you're going to lose your reader. Yeah. Everybody has a style that they get. Exactly. I I just got into reading uh, Lee Child, Jack Reacher, which I'd never picked up before. I'm not a huge thriller reader, but I saw the TV show and I loved it. So I'm like, okay, now I got to read the book. And his style is so different from most everything else I read. There's short sentences. There's not a lot of flowery descriptions or anything. And it's just moving on. And he still gets 300 page books that I'm like just wanting to read. Yeah. I like it when I'm reading an author and their, their, their chapters are like two or three pages. Yes. And he does that. It allows me to take a breath and move on to the next chapter. It, It very much fits the new, the, the revival of the serial type fiction. It's, exactly. It's similar to that. We just did one with Bob Brill, who is a, he's a radio announcer in LA on, on KNXT radio, a CBS affiliate and a very good friend of ours and very good friend of mine. And we just uh, did one of his books for Tuscany Bay called um, the tattoo murder. And he does that. He, he, but his chapters and his chapter breaks are dates, times, and places. Instead of star, right? it's a date, time, and place. Nice. And he's, and he's, he's very descriptive without being overly descriptive. The guy described a guy sliced of ribbons to a T in, in half a page. That's, so, there's a good skill to that. Yeah. There's a root, but he also writes Westerns, and we've done some of his stuff, too. Let me ask another question I thought of for the uh, podcast. So you do a radio show. It's live, right. um, and it turns it into a podcast. I know my son used to do one of those. He'd do a radio show every week, and they'd turn it into a podcast. Right. How is that different from what I'm doing, where I just put it out as a podcast? What What are the differences for people? Well, the difference is, is when you're doing a live radio show, anything's liable to happen. <laughs> I mean, and has. We've tried to call guests before that don't answer their phone. <laughs> I, it's like, so you just talk over it, you know, just, just keep going. You can't stop. Things happen on live radio that you can edit some of it out if you want on when it turns into a podcast, which right. is nice. But if you happen to get started late, it doesn't matter when the podcast, because the podcast will start when you hit play. There's editing mostly, I think is what the most difference is, is in the editing. editing. And, not, and you also have to have, that definite commitment because you have a time frame every week you're sitting down to do it. it. If you have a hard time sitting down every day at six to write, 
then you're probably not going to be able to sit down every night at 8 p.m. to do a podcast or do a radio show. When we first started seven years ago, our first hours were 8 to 9 or 8 to 8.50. And then they offered us a 7 o'clock slot. Then they offered us a 6 o'clock slot. So I said, don't get me any lower than 6 o'clock because we will get no listeners. <laughs> right. But yeah. And, and when we hit 6 o'clock slot, man, the thing took off like a scalded cat. Because now people were available to listen I, I without, know without cutting into their TV time. Right. Without cutting into their TV time. <laughs> There's a really popular paranormal radio show podcast, Coast to Coast AM. Yeah, with they're George Story. Yeah, they're on like midnight to 2 a.m. my time. Exactly. <laughs> so, exactly. Yeah, I, I know we a couple had, of friends have been on there. Yeah, we had a writer um, that was on there. Um, is I think is um, Bruce Solheim. Okay. He was uh, Bruce Solheim. Is he wrote a paranormal book that we did uh, years ago, and he was, in fact, he was the very first book we did is Anthony Bay, and uh, well, without doing our own, and and he was on uh, Coast to Coast, and he's been on a lot of the paranormal shows. Oh. Although I didn't think his book was that paranormal, but that's my opinion. Got it. And he had to do a lot of rewrites. Oh yeah, <laughs> he's had a lot of redundancies in his sentences. I. And he's a professor, and I said, Bruce, you should know better. Teacher, professor, English, doesn't necessarily yeah. mean the craft of writing. It know? does not. And, and the people don't get that. Oh, well, he's a history, or he's an English teacher. Why doesn't he know that? Because he's not. There's a difference. Yep. You know? and, and just because you have a misplaced comma or a, a bad word choice in a book doesn't make it a bad story. And people want the story. They're right. much more willing to overlook a few errors. Right. If they even notice. And if I had to give any advice to a new writer. Uh, that was going to be my next question. What's your? <laughs> I, if I had to give any advice to a new writer, my first bit of advice would be write your dialogue to match your character. You have to write your dialogue yes. to match your character. Things don't need to be said correctly. Things don't need to be punctuated correctly in dialogue. Yes. Editors don't get that. A lot I was just going to say, I've had to argue my editor a couple of times on dialogue. Don't touch my dialogue. Edit the, the content of the book, but don't mess with my dialogue. Right. And I, and if you're writing an accent, if you're writing like an Irishman, you can write the accent into the dialogue without having to be overly Irish. You follow what I'm saying? Yeah. If you, if you, if you say, for instance, I, I have a character in one of my books. Oh, in The Return. His name is Kieran O'Connell, and he's uh, he, he ran away from the 14th British Grenadiers out of Fricka and wound up in Louisiana. He doesn't know how, or doesn't remember getting there. He just remembers <laughs> he's there. And he Stryker, this guy, Jeff Stryker's holding him a gunpoint because he just popped up out of the grass. Scared the living crap out of him. And, and so he says, would you mind me putting down your gun, mate, so I can get me fucking kit out of the grass? If you spell it out that way, that's exactly how you're going to read it. So you don't need to, to put an Irish accent in it, especially if you're reading for an audiobook. Richard and I had such a problem getting this guy who did a Western that we wrote together to don't do a Western accent. Don't do a Southern accent. The accents are written into the dialogue. Leave it alone. But So that would be the, that would be the biggest bit of advice I could give to a writer is make your dialogue match your character. I've got an author friend, uh, Jeff Elkins. Uh, he calls himself the Dialogue Doctor. And he works, his day job is computer programming 
AIs with dialogue for learning systems. So he uh-huh. works with authors on their dialogue for books, focuses on that to help exactly what you just said. Uh, make sure your character and dialogue match. And that not every character sounds the same. That, that's no. another huge, no. hard thing and, to do. And people cut people off. <laughs> and and that, you can write that into dialogue. If a dot, dot, dot means that somebody just cut you off, okay. You know, and you don't always need to put he said, she said at the end of a, of a quote. Right. It's just little tricks that you learn. And, and as you write, just keep writing, keep working on your dialogue. Yeah, agree. All right, Jim, uh, I appreciate you taking some time talking to me today about your book and some uh, radio no podcasting. And I, uh, Hopefully, I'll, everyone will go check out the radio show or the podcast. Oh, I hope so. I hope so. All right. I well, hope so. Great. I hope you have a great day, rest of your day. I know. You do as well. Thank you. You do as well, Stephen. Take and care, I, my friend. I hope so. It's Oh, if, you know what? If yeah. you'll send me an email, jimchristina at yahoo.com, yes. send me your address. I will send you a signed copy of, the, of Jefferson's Chance, a hardbound. Nice. I will do. And maybe a copy of my poetry book. Okay, I'm up for it. I'll sign that one too. Nice. All right, Jim. All right, hey, pal. Take care. Thank you for listening to Discovered Wordsmiths. Come back next week and listen to another author discuss the road they've traveled and maybe sometime in the near future, it might be you.